my soul. Thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. We're your host. I'm JC. This is Brian. That's Nathan. And we are coming to you live from the Sea of Galilee out here in Israel. With and an American flag in the background. <laughs> and the national anthem. And we've got a whole group of guys with us here in Israel. Y'all say hi. And one lady. And thanks for being here with us today, guys. This has been an incredible trip already. I feel like we've already done a week's worth of stuff in one day, uh, but we are here tonight. Nathan, I think it'd be great for you to share just what God has placed on your heart as we are here in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Thank you. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, and I know some of you do, let's go ahead and open them to the book of Mark. We're going to be looking at Mark chapter 4. But before we get there, I just want to talk about the place that we're at. Uh, the Sea of Galilee, looking around, I had a conversation with a few guys earlier about how we've always pictured in our mind. I, I heard stories of this place from the time I was a little boy, probably before I could walk, talk. I was hearing stories about this place, and most importantly, about the one who made such an impact on the world through this place. But just being here is something I cannot describe in words, knowing that Jesus was here, knowing that this is where God literally blessed all the nations of the world through this place and through his son, Jesus Christ. But we see this location in the Old Testament going back to where the, the tribes were divided, the land was given, and it's listed out there. And we also see it in Isaiah where it's prophesied that the Messiah would come from the region of Galilee. So in the New Testament, we see that Jesus fulfilled that prophecy, and it happened right here. Much of the fishing, the teaching, the miracles all happened in this place. And thinking about all the different places surrounding here that many we've visited today, you've got Capernaum, Jerusalem, Bethsaida, Magdala, we just came from there, Tiberias, Capernaum, like we, we got to go visit. We can look around and see these places and see the impact where Jesus' ministry happened. His home was just right here and we got to walk through that place. And as we look through the Gospels and see all that Jesus did, I want to remind you that everything that Jesus did in his ministry served a purpose. And I want to talk to you about that purpose, what the main purpose was. So many times we get distracted by the miracles. We get distracted, which, which they're amazing. They serve the purpose. We get distracted by the stories. Those are amazing, but they serve the purpose. And when we think of all the things that Jesus did where he calmed the storm in Matthew, also in Mark we're going to see, and in Luke, Jesus walks on the surface of the Sea of Galilee. He teaches the crowds on the shore. He preached while standing on a boat in this very body of water. And so many other things that we could talk about where he cast out the demons uh, on the banks of the Sea of Galilee, where he's 
raising Jairus' daughter near the Sea of Galilee, healing a man with an unclean spirit. And we got to see firsthand today where they believe the location is where after he rose from the grave, he was able to come and minister to his disciples as the risen Lord and Savior and uh, performed a miracle where they caught all the fish and then they cooked the fish and ate with Jesus and then he forgave Peter in such a powerful way. And all of that happens within eyesight of what, what we can see from where we're standing or sitting on this boat. But I want to point something out from Mark chapter 4 that just has astounded me. And I, I heard this uh, idea a few years ago, and it's, it's something that stayed in my heart and impacted me. And I hope I can just encourage you today to focus on what really the purpose of Jesus' ministry was, and then on what the purpose of our ministry is. So Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. On that day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. I want you to notice how calm and how casual Jesus was in the middle of the storm. He's sleeping. He's perfectly at peace. He's at rest. While everything around him is in turmoil, the storm is happening. And I've heard this sermon presented in many different ways, and it has many different applications. But I want you to think about some of these. Jesus knew the Father had a plan, right? He knew that a storm couldn't derail that. He knew that this was not the death that he was destined for. On a ship on the sea, he understood that. He had faith. We also see that Jesus can command the winds and the storm, and he has power over that. So maybe he was just sleeping because he knew he could just wake up at any moment and say, peace, be still, and then go right back to sleep. But there's something that I really want us to focus on, that Jesus was asleep in the storm instead of fighting a battle that everybody else wanted him to fight because that battle, the battle of the storm, wasn't connected to his purpose. Jesus didn't come to calm storms. He did calm storms. He did heal the sick. He did so many things to point to who, who he was, to point to his purpose. But the storm wasn't his purpose for being here. And so he was just asleep. He was focused on something greater than that. You know what happens in the next chapter, right? 
he goes and he heals the man, forgives his sins, gives him a new purpose in life. That's the reason Jesus came. He came to forgive sins. He came to give people a new life. He came to transform them, and ultimately the only way he could do that was by his sacrifice on the cross, by his death, by his resurrection. But he came to bless the entire world, to bless all the nations through his work on the cross, through who he was and through what he did. So all the miracles that we see that are amazing, all the stories, all the footsteps of Jesus, all the sights, they don't distract from the main purpose of why Jesus came. So we can think about our life. We can think about our storms. He sometimes makes us go through storms. He doesn't calm every single storm in a miraculous way. But when he chooses to calm the storm, we celebrate. We had a conversation today about Jesus answering prayer in a very direct way direct away. God is just as powerful today as he was when he was standing on a boat teaching. When he was miraculously healing the sick, raising the dead, showing a bunch of fishermen how to catch fish in a way they'd never heard of before. He's just as powerful today. He can do anything he wants to do. And sometimes he calms the storm, but sometimes we go through those storms. Sometimes our family members die. Sometimes we don't get healed of the sickness. Sometimes the financial miracle we're praying for does not come through. But here's the thing we need to remember about those storms. They don't undo God's purpose. It is going to be accomplished. And when our ministry is about the main thing like Jesus was, I'm not telling you you're going to sleep through all of your storms. You're not Jesus. I'm not Jesus. (laughs) But I can guarantee you Jesus isn't in heaven stressing out over your storms. He is sovereign over every single thing that has ever happened in your life or will ever happen in my life. And none of those things will undo God's will for you. So when your ministry, pastors, I'm talking to mostly pastors here today, or in some type of ministry, when your ministry is connected to God's purpose, The storms can't stop you. As a matter of fact, think of all the martyrs throughout history. All the disciples we believe except for John died as martyrs. Did that undo God's ministry? No, it multiplied it. In Acts chapter 8, when the persecution arose, did that stall the gospel? No, the gospel exploded in a way that would not have been possible without that storm, without that persecution. So what was Jesus' purpose? His purpose was to glorify God and to save men from their sins. What is our purpose? Our purpose is to glorify God and to make disciples because Jesus died to save them from their sins. That is the main thing. If that ever ceases to be the main thing, then we've missed the point. And that's when the storms can stop us. Because if I'm about my own agenda, it's not going to survive a storm. It's not going to survive the test of time. So just pause in this moment, in this place. We were sitting out on the dock when the sun rose this morning over the Sea of Galilee. And now the sun is setting as it's done every single day since Jesus was on this very place. And it just reminds us that God is sovereign. 
that God is in control. Every morning, His mercies are new. I know there are discouraged pastors on this trip. I know there are guys that are doing things that are greater than you're capable of accomplishing on your own. And that's why it's so important to be connected with the true purpose of what our ministry is, and that is to glorify God and to make disciples. The storms will come, but I guarantee you at the end of our ministries or when we're in heaven, we will look back and we will say, the storm is the very thing that helped me accomplish the purposes that God placed me there for. So guys, I just want us to pause in this moment and just thank God that there's no storm that can stop His will. There's no storm that can stop us when we're connected to His will. And even if we're stopped, even if we get taken out, His truth is marching on. Someone else will take up the flag and the mantle and keep sharing the gospel until the day when He splits the sky and He comes back and He takes us home and He redeems all of His creation, which is what He came to do. Let's pray. Father, thank You so much for this visual representation of of who you are, of what you did, and God, what you're all about. And Lord, I just pray that you would challenge our hearts as ministers, as people who are trying to share the good news of the gospel with this world. God, would you just remind us that you are in control. And that nothing and no one can undo your sovereign plans. That you are good even when we can't see it. That you do care even when we don't understand it. And that you are working all things together for our good. The things that the enemy means for evil, you intended for good. Father, we thank you for the truth of this word that has transformed our lives from thousands of miles away, from the stories we've heard from the power of the gospel, and then to be able to be here today and just experience this. God, I just want to say with everyone here on this boat, you are good, your plans are good, your ways are good. God, I just praise you in this moment, in your creation. And Jesus, you are King of kings, you are Lord of lords, and we echo what the Apostle John, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. We long to see you again face to face. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Nathan, I love that you brought out that Christ's ultimate purpose was to calm the greatest of all storms. A storm caused by sin that only he could speak peace over. Uh, So I'm grateful for that. What did you like most, JC? The the wording in there where it says, peace be still. Mm. He didn't say storm be still. He said, peace be still. What seemed to be a storm to the disciples was just peace of motion because Jesus said before they ever pushed off from shore, before they ever started out, let's go to the other side. There was a purpose and a plan there. He didn't say we're going to get in the middle of this body and the storm's going to take us out. He said, let's go to the other side. So when you saw him grab a cushion, you should have grabbed a cushion because he's in charge of the storm. That's peace in motion. Amen to that. That's good. Man, Nathan, great message. Did you ever dream when we started this podcast that you'd be standing on a boat sharing the story of Jesus calming the storm on this very body of water from the bow of a boat at sunset. No, never dreamed. (laughs) It's just incredible. And to 
to share this time with so many of our family. It's amazing. We'd love for you to be part of a trip like this in the future because I don't think this is going to be the first time that we go to Israel as the it's RSD the first family. Time. <laughs> Correct. Let's re-edit. I think this is not going to be the last time that we're there going to be go. coming that to Israel. That will not be edited. <laughs> that will not be edited. Keep it in there because this is the first of many. And, uh, man, we are so excited just to be here and uh, to see all the sights. It's making the Bible really come to life. Yeah, in a different way. I've already seen things that's changed the way mm. how close Magdala was actually to this this body of water yeah. you know, I, I'd always pictured it being further away I guess and just you know just it's right on the banks and it's been pretty amazing it's great this is day one yep day one it's awesome hey we've already learned that movements are still happening yeah, this Mediterranean diet is moving hey, a lot of people. So movements are still that happening in the Holy Land. Oh <laughs> uh, well. Well, thanks for being here with us on the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stay tuned for more live from Israel. Y'all have a good week. Be sweet. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your t-shirts and hats. You can join our ex-fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast.